0: to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now put it together for yourself. Last, last time, please be seated. Please be seated. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come into your presence. Can you please help me? Please help me center this. We thank you for the opportunity to come into your presence. Just center it for me, please. We thank you for this great, great opportunity. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Bible says that in his presence, there is fullness of joy. So in his presence, there is no room, happiness. Uh, It doesn't say that in his presence there is joy, but there is fullness. Somebody say the fullness. Or somebody say, I came for the full experience. Hallelujah. Amen. Have mercy on us, Lord. And Father, we ask that your spirit will take over this service. Teach us, guide us by your word. And help us to gain understanding. And to make and take bold steps. Again, O oh Lord, according to your word. Amen. First Samuel chapter 2, verse 9. First Samuel chapter 2, verse 9. Let's read it. It says, He will keep the feet of his saints, and the wicked shall be silent in darkness, for by strength... That's where the emphasis is for by... It's talking about physical strength. For by strength shall no man prevail. By strength shall no man prevail. Amen. Now, Psalm 107 from verse 23. I hope from last week you wrote down some scriptures to study in your own time. Amen. Psalm 107. You're going to help me preach this morning, so I need you to come alive. Look at somebody, say, come alive, come alive. Amen. Amen. Psalm 107, verse 23. They that go down to the sea in ships. That do business in great waters. These see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heaven. They go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like drunken man a drunken man, and are at their wits' end. Somebody say, at their wits' end. end. Or say it again, say, at their wits' end. Somebody say, God comes through through when I'm at at my wits' end. When I've got nothing more to give it. That's when God comes through. Amen? Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He makes the storm a calm so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad because they be quiet. So he bringeth them unto their desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Now go back to verse 23. They that go down to the sea in ships. Somebody say experienced men. Say captains of our great ships. There are times in life when your skill and experience cannot handle a situation. It is only God that can come through for you. Amen. And I pray, I don't know, I'm just speaking to somebody here, that whatever it is you're dealing with, that the hand of the Lord will come through. Amen. Amen the hand of the Lord will come through. In Jesus name. Amen. I'll be very brief this morning. Last week we went on a journey. We said our message was don't leave God. Somebody say don't leave God. God. Then tell your neighbor I'm not going anywhere. anywhere. Somebody look a friend in the eye. Tell them don't leave God. God. And let your reply be I'm not going anywhere. Amen. 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 So we went to this scripture in John chapter 21. John chapter 21, we read from verse 1. Let's go through it one more time and then I'll add on a few scriptures. Um, We say repetition is the mother of learning, right? So it's good to, sometimes you may hear the same message 10 times, it's good. Because every time you hear it, you catch something different. Bible says, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the sea of Tiberias. And on this wise, showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter said unto them, I go fishing. They say unto him, we also go with thee. They said what? We also go with thee. Which verse is that? Let me open it up here so I don't have to turn my back to you. You He said, I go fishing, and they also said, we go with you. Okay, so go to John chapter 6, John chapter 6, from verse 55, John chapter 6 from verse 55. So Jesus was preaching a message. He was basically talking about this fellowship and communion. And he said, For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead, he that eateth of this bread shall live forever. Somebody say live forever. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many therefore of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, this is an hard saying, who can bear it, or who can hear it? When Jesus knew himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, does this offend you? What, and if ye shall see the son of man ascend up where he was before, it is the spirit that quickened, the flesh profited nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning. Who they were that believed not. And who should betray him. And he said. Therefore said I unto you. That no man can come unto me. Except it were giving unto him. Of my father. 66. From that time. Watch this. From that time. You remember what we said last week? We said that when Jesus called out the disciples, their agenda was for them to follow, observe, and what, and become. Right? That's what we said. They had to follow him, observe him. Well, I think we, there's one more thing we need to put, put in their Practice. So let's put it there. Follow, observe, practice, become. Because there are some people who observe and don't practice. They are hearers and seers of the word. But they don't put the word into practice. So we have four things we ought to be doing. Follow, observe, practice, and what? Become. Follow, observe, practice, becomes. Can we say it? Follow, observe, practice, become. Let's do it again. Follow, observe, practice, become. Again, follow, observe, practice, become. Let me tell you something. All church services are supposed to be treated like Sunday school because that's the only way we can grasp God's word. Amen. So uh, you may feel like you're in Sunday school when we repeat some of these things, but it's good for us. Hallelujah. So you, you have to note, even when you're listening to the messages, if you hear anything that is critical to you, do your best, even under your breath, to repeat it to yourself. Because it becomes a conviction when you do that. Amen? So let's try one more time. Follow, observe, practice, and become. Again, follow, observe, practice, become. One more time. Follow, observe, practice, and become. Amen? Amen? Then said Jesus unto the twelve, will ye also go away? So let's try it again. 66, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. I've begun to study a pattern in the Bible since yesterday. And I realized that anytime time there was about to be something glorious, some way, somehow, some people would leave. Look at the issue of the 10 virgins. They were all together, right? They were all doing the same thing. But at a point in time, just when the bridegroom would come on the scene, five of them did what? Left. Anytime something miraculous was about to happen that will help people's faith go to another level, sometimes some of those same people will leave that thing. So they don't get the experience or the encounter of that miracle to push their faith further. Is somebody here? Say, I will not be one of those. Say, I will not miss my miracle. I, I love the song you just did. I'm doing a new thing. And may he do a new thing in your life. From that time, many of his disciples went back And walked no more with him Then Jesus said Unto the twelve Will ye also go away Then Simon Peter Now remember we just read a scripture right We just read a scripture Then Simon Peter Answered him Lord to whom shall we go Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and assure that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him. Being one of the 12. There's something here that's just by the way. I'm just realizing that when the people left, Judas didn't leave. (laughs) It's amazing that there was an opportunity for haters to leave Jesus and Judas didn't leave. So it appeared as though if there was anyone that would go through thick and thin with Jesus Christ, Judas was... One of them, but but he wasn't. Amen. I declare that your haters will not have an advantage over you. Amen. Those who hate you and yet seem to be with you in the name of Jesus, let them be exposed. Amen. Let them not have any advantage over you. Go back to the scripture. We're trying to study. We're, we're just trying to study. Okay. So we go back to the scripture. John chapter 21. We'll read it from verse 3. Let's go from verse 3. Simon Peter, we we just saw him, right? So let's go back, let's go back. Since we're studying, let's just go back. John chapter 6, 66, 66 right now. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, will ye also go away? 68. Then Simon Peter, then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? The question is, the things you say you have left for Christ, have you really left them? Because, you know, there's something going on in church. At first, It was okay, but these days it's not funny. Where And sometimes when I preach, I say that if church, I thought when I was back in the world, if church was what I thought it was, seeing it from the church person's perspective, there would have been no need for me to come back. Because my life out of church... Is the same life inside church. There really is no difference. So there is nothing like I was backsliding. I don't know. I'm going somewhere if somebody understands me. Because I would not have said, if I say I'm coming back, it means that I'm away. Whether mentally or in my mindset. If I'm coming back to the Lord, then it means that there is something in my life that is not like Him. There is something in my life unacceptable to Him. And I have come to that realization that no, this life I'm living is not the life I'm supposed to live. And therefore, I'm going back to him. But the type of church we have today, you don't really need to go back. All you, just have, all you have to do is go to church. Going to church is all the spirituality we seem to need. Because there's really no difference when you see the things we enjoy in church. Versus the things we enjoy outside the world. Now, when it started, it was okay. But I think it's going to a degree. You know, some of you probably didn't hear Kirk Franklin's song when he started doing the hip-hop gospel thing. Where he said, for those of you that think that gospel music has gone too far. You know, at that time, it was fine. But it's getting to a place where it's not funny anymore. There is a dance I can't remember I can't remember the, um, the, the, what they call it. I can't remember You know, I'm not that young anymore. <laughs> so I can't remember what it's called. But the whole mindset, be, the, the dance is sexual. It's, it's sexual. That's all it is. And I saw a young group of um, um, gospel artists doing a song in a school. And they were doing a the dance. They were doing a dance. The dance is sexual. Everybody knows that. And they went to do, um, have a concert or gospel, whatever, in a school. And they were doing the dance. And one of the young um, students, uh, one of the girls came up, actually came to show them how to do it properly. And I I, I saw what was supposed to be, I, I hope you get me. I saw what was supposed to be glorifying to God, begin to incite. You see, and the, the devil is very smart. And we even have to be careful when we preach. There's something in English language, you call it an, um, uh, what do you call it? Is it an in, innuendo? Innuendos, Where you speak that, and they carry some sexual suggestions. You know, when you're not careful, you can easily incite people. Without knowing, and you de- or you, you think, oh, you are just being humorous, you think you are just being funny from the pulpit, you think you are just trying to lighten the gospel for people to be able to receive it, but you end up creating a problem because the you, you see, sometimes we laugh from the pulpit, but the, the pulpit was not meant to be laughed from, it, it's not a place of laughter. The gospel is not a, it's not something, as a matter of fact. You know, when I started preaching, and Father have mercy on me, when I started preaching, I don't laugh when I preach. That's how, as young as I was, that's how seriously I took it. I, you never find me laugh. It is when I, I, I figured, well, you know, you got to make the people, you know, like this thing. Then, then I also started. But the gospel is not, no laughing matter. Because one of the things you've got to understand is that anytime you say something serious and you break it up with laughter, you take away the seriousness of it. You take away the effect. You take away the impact. And that is what I see beginning to happen to the world. And that's what I see beginning to happen to church. Anytime time a sister picks up a phone, we started from just selfies, right? But now everybody is showing their back. You know, I think it's funny, but why do I, a Christian sister, what do I need to see your backside for? What are you showing me your back? Tell me what the motive is. So when we talk about leaving God, it's not just about carrying your bags and walking away from the church. We've left God in our mind. We've left God in our heart. Tell me what the motive behind... The, the, the lip gloss and pouting your lips and showing the world what your lips look like. Tell me, what, what, what's the motive? What, what, who are you seducing? No, no, I'm, I'm being serious here. Because the whole world does it. So if the girls out there who don't know your God are doing it, and they can come and do that so they show us they have some curves back, And you, are, what, what is the difference? On what grounds are you asking them to come to church? Because these days, when we tell people to come to church, or we tell people, "Do you know Jesus Christ?" What we accept as believers, they 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 they, 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 they are doing the same thing we are doing. It. What what's the difference? There really is none. There really is none, and so. I've come to a church and I believe that like the song said that Jesus is doing a new thing and our mindset needs to change we really have to come back to Christ look at somebody and say I'm coming back you know and, and I find it very 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 troubling that you know even some of the dancing and not that there's anything bad, anything that gives off a sexual gesture you should not, you should not do it here not in the house of God. Amen. Amen. Am I talking to somebody? Amen. Amen. So I'm sorry if you have one of those pictures and I just burst your bubble. but the fact of the matter is that what are you trying to prove? If you're showing us your face we yeah we know your face, we know your, we would love to see that you're wearing a nice dress, but we don't need to see how your back looks. We don't need to see the curves. Amen. That Reserve that one for your husband. Do all the display. You see, maybe I'm just going to talk. Because, let me, let me tell you something. The other day I was meditating and the Lord said something. I was going to talk to somebody about marriage. And the Lord said something to me. He said, when we take our wedding vows, you normally say this, with my body I will honour. Right, there is no more honour in the body when it has been exposed. So, as a matter of fact, most marriages nobody is honouring anybody body because the body has already been used up. There is only honour in the body when it is dedicated to the person you're married to. Is somebody here? Tell somebody don't dishonour your body. Or tell somebody again, say, don't dishonor your body. Again, say, say do not dishonor your body. Because, and, and that's why divorce rates are so high. Because at the end of the day, you cry, what did you bring to the table? What are you giving me as a wife or as a husband that you didn't give anybody else? Because that's where the honor is. The honor is you having something to give to me. That not everyone has explored. Amen. So if everyone has explored it. There is no honor in it. It's not a thing to be valued anymore. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me go back into my message. Hallelujah. (laughs) So. We realize that. The same Simon Peter. Who said where shall we go, actually had somewhere to go. (laughs) When the whole thing turned around and he didn't know, he became uncertain and doubtful, he decided to go back to what he used to do. And that's the state of the church. We have prayed for his glory. We have prayed for this big manifestation for the world to see. You see, we started by praying for the manifestation of his glory so that the world will see it. We didn't participate in the things that the world was doing. We didn't care about their dances and their their videos or all we focused on was we prayed so much for his glory to come and we believe that once his glory came in a manner that was undoubtedly him, they will see it and they would come, right? So that's how we started. But we've been praying the prayer so long and we haven't seen the glory and we still want them to come. So now we are trying to attract them by the things that they are familiar with. Are you here? And that's the case of Peter. So the whole time he was with Jesus, it was just something else to keep him busy. He he had fished for so long, he knew the ins and outs of fishing. It was becoming boring. So by acting like this, Peter was just saying that he followed Jesus just because well he has some, found something more exciting. Are you in church because you found something more exciting? Or are you in church because you have a conviction or you believe? And and that's how as much as the, the guys, people around me will tell me me, I'm I'm big on building, having cozy auditoriums. I love it when the sound is, but that is not the focus. So right now we take the spirituality out of the picture and we do what we know will entice the eyes of men, but we need Jesus back in the church. Are you here? We need Jesus back. The church is his, and we need him back in the church. Next generation. We give Jesus up. Uh, But if he's not here, there's nothing to give him. <laughs> so we need him back so that we can give to him. We need him back in the church. Say, say, we need Jesus back. We need Jesus back. Amen. So let's go, let, let's move on. It says that. Then Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of, the words of what? Not the words of just life. The words of what? So at this point in time, Peter is saying that these man's words are everlasting. Your words are not pertaining to just time now but your words are. So if his words were everlasting, then I thought your following would also be everlasting. Because the same word that he gives to you is meant to carry you when he's not around. The word you receive in church is meant to carry you when you are out of church. So don't only be a Christian here. This is the only place you come when you have, um, 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 what do you call it, edifying conversations. But when you're out there, you can, out of your mouth proceeds all manner of things. That you know, if you can't say it to the, your, the friends you have here, then don't say it to anybody out there. Because that makes you a hypocrite. And the Bible says that the hope of the hypocrite, it will be disappointed. Somebody here—the type of conversation you can't have with somebody here, because when you're having conversations with people here, you're careful, right? You know, you don't want to say anything that is unchristian. You so you know what is unchristian, then. But then you go out, and then you feel free to have that manner of conversation. Using a lot of what we call the innuendos. Huh? And now it's all over our radios. People talk about sex and like, I'm, I'm not talking about educating people about sex, but it's, 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 it's just sad to hear and to watch as though it's nothing. Amen. So let your life here. I know you probably just spent two hours of a whole week here. But the two hours of a whole week you spend here is what you're meant to practice for the rest of the six days and 22 more hours that you have out there in the world. Is somebody here? The same way you're sitting, looking very humble, is the same way you should be humble for the six days and 22 hours you have out there in the world, the same way you are listening and making Pastor David feel like, oh, these guys, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm paying attention, I'm good. That's that that same thing. What you are trying, you why are you trying to portray? You're portraying it because you believe that is what is good. So you see, there is no excuse even about knowing what is good or what is bad, because some of the things you know you you won't do them in the church, right? So to do it outside and come to the church, given the same opportunity and occasion, you will not do it. It tells me that you know that it should not be done. You know it should not be said. You know it should not be thought. But then what happened is that when I go back there, I've gone back fishing because that's what I used to do. When I come to Christ, I'm with him. I go and I do all the miracles. We all pray in tongues. People get healed. People receive the Holy Ghost. We all get excited about it. But when I go out there, it looks as though I have forgotten. I have left him. So so when I started preaching the message, I said, do not leave God. It it sounded as if you just a total backsliding or somebody who used to come to church and does not come to church anymore. But my message actually is for those who still are in church. But the moment you leave the church, something changes. Amen. And, and, and I want to begin to bring our attention to a lot of different, different things. Because most of us, we are either already working or about to start work. You're going to uh, um, occupy leadership roles, different things like that. And I want to tell you that your life here should be your life out there. I was listening to a brother the other day who had an issue with the police. And the way he was handled by young policemen and women. And probably there will be police commanders and staff in here. And, 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 and sometimes your, 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 your relatives may find themselves in issues, having issues with people that you're not related to. And they are probably the guilty one. How are you going to deal with that? Will you then suddenly become corrupt? Which means you've gone back fishing or you'll be one that is fair. Because these are challenges you will face. You're a police chief. Your sister's daughter just messed somebody up really, really bad. The case has come to you. Before it's processed for court. You know, your input, your side, the investigation. How how do you handle all that? Will you be fair to that other party? Or will you suddenly take sides just because you're your relative. Because sometimes when we talk about sin, all we think about is sexual sin. There are other things that are even more serious. I remember I was going by, um, I was I was on the, um, is it the Adenta Road? And um, I saw this Trotsky driver. He made a mistake. This was clearly a mistake. He was trying to take a turn to dodge the traffic that he shouldn't have. And I saw this young police man, like he's probably in his 20s, and he took out his baton, and the way he began to beat the trotsky driver, you know, I stood there for a minute. I, I mean, I was in a car, so I, I was there. it just caught my attention for a minute, and I, this began to play in my head. So there are Christian policemen who do this. Is somebody here? So there is a Christian policeman who can do, that was just one policeman. I don't know whether I was a Christian, but this is what was playing in my mind, that the, a Christian policeman who goes to church and prays and asks God for mercy and blessings could actually come to the roadside. Somebody makes a mistake, and the first thing they do without asking them a question is pull out a baton and beat them up mercilessly. Is it a sin? Or oh, it's not a sin? Now it's not a sin, eh? So, there is the tendency to underplay certain things in life. But you know, this one has probably seen more than, uh, uh, let me not make excuses and begin to rank sin. But this is big. But this same person is going to come to church, sit down, bring a tithe. But you know what? That day they went fishing because that's what they do. That day when he was out there, he forgot he had left God. While he was beating that guy, God was not with him. Is somebody here? So there are many times. How many times in the week do you leave God? I'm asking you. How many times in the week do you leave God? And only come back to him on Sundays. Because Peter said, we don't have anywhere to go. Everything we used to do, we've left it. We are not going back fishing. I'm not going back to the club. I'm not taking advantage of people anymore. I'm not doing credit card fraud anymore. <laughs> Somebody's laughing. <laughs> huh? But then, when you leave the church, what happens? Here's what I'm saying, very simple. What you won't do here, don't do it out there. Because when you do you are a hypocrite. Is somebody here? The same love you will show here, show it out there. The same humility you will show here, show it out there. Some of you, if your parents walk in here right now and they sit next to you because the pastor is preaching, you will be sit with them nice and cozy like you don't have. The moment you step out of church and you go back home, let them dare say something to you. You are not you. There are people who are very rebellious, but in front of the pastor, you won't do that, right? So it means, you know, there is a problem with that rebellion. That's why you won't do it here. So there's no reason why it should be done there. Amen. Let's look at the scripture and then we can, we can just conclude on what he said. So from verse three, he said, then Simon Peter from verse three of John chapter 21. John chapter 21, Simon Peter said unto them, I go fishing. They say unto him, we also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately. And that night they did what? They caught nothing. There is no blessing in returning to the thing that God pulled you away from. It's as simple as that. There is no blessing in that. Now, for the sake of time, I'm just going to give you um, these scriptures so that you can read them on your own. John chapter 6, we read from verse 55. Hebrews chapter 6 from verse 4. Hebrews chapter 6 from verse 4. says: says, anytime you do this, your Christianity gets harder. Anytime you go back to the world and you repeat what you want to do, what you're doing is you're complicating your own Christianity. It becomes harder and harder and harder for you to do the right thing that you've known to do. Watch what it says. It says, For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened. It is impossible for you to come here, get enlightened, go out there and act as though you were not, and come. You can't do that. You can't keep doing that. It's not possible. It's impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gifts. And were made partakers of the Holy Ghost. Through which you have the fruit of the Spirit. To do what? And have tasted the good word of God. And the powers of the world to come. If they shall fall away. To what? To renew them. Did you see that? It's impossible. Tell somebody, don't complicate your Christianity. It says, to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucified to themselves the Son of God, what? Afresh. And put him to what? They put Jesus to what? Amen. Verse 7 says, For the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh often upon it, and bringeth forth herbs, is meet for them whom it is dressed. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 20. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 20, 22. I think you don't like me today because there are some things you can't... You're you not going you to go back and do some things. Amen? For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and the Savior Jesus Christ... They are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is what? Huh? The latter end is what? Look at somebody and say, My end will not be worse. See he that began a good work in me is faithful to accomplish it. In Jesus' name. Please rise up to your feet. I know I haven't preached long, but I hope that you have been blessed. Please rise up. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. In the name of Jesus, we decree and declare that our latter end will not be worse. That will not be my story. That will not be our story. Any end that has been prepared for you and I to be worse than our beginning, in the name of Jesus, let it be cancelled. In the name of Jesus, let it be cancelled. Can you just take up one minute, lift up your voice, clap your hands and pray that your end will be good. Your end will be good. Say, I declare a good end to my life. Say, a good end to my Christian walk. Say, I decree and I declare that my end will be good. I will end well in my career. I will end well in my marriage. I will end well by the work of my hands. I will end well over my business. I will work well in the name of Jesus. Over my relationships, I decree and I declare that it shall end well in Jesus' mighty name. Put your hands together for the Lord. Thank you for listening to this week's message on the Next Generation Church podcast. We pray that this word you've received will bless you, increase your faith in God and enhance your spiritual growth. We encourage you not only to subscribe to this podcast, but to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Next Gen Church. We would also like to hear from you. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at NGS. God bless you. We believe it